jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got to the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic, so Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Everyone welcome to episode 68 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host Dryad Dawkins. Joining me tonight is Billy Beeman, one half of Any Given Pod. What is up, brother? Not much, just trying to figure out this league, dude. Every every week, I have no idea what to think at the end of it. So, yeah, we, we're just going to try to take you all through it and get something right. Yeah, I saw someone like tweet out like about the how the week's going to shape up again. They're like, oh, I see the NFL's drunk again this week. It's like <laughs> it's every week. For the, for the last three weeks, it's like there's just been these crazy, you know, underdogs went in and just all kinds of shit that like you really wouldn't expect. And, you know, that's why we love the game, right? Absolutely. Any given Sunday, man. That's that's what we love about it. Any anything can happen. And and this year it is. I mean, we just had Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes not throw any touchdowns this week in a game against each other. I know, like the the over was probably like 65 or something. Like Yeah, it's amazing. Like, no, I don't think any game has ever been under like 30 or like in you know, in, in the our our era post merger or whatever. So yeah. So yeah, let's hop into it. Some news and nonsense. So Amari Cooper, COVID list, he missed last week. Dallas is on a short week. They played this Thursday, Thanksgiving, as always. And Amari will not be available for that game. Again, Sunday, two days ago, C.D. Lamb hit his head in the end zone, got a concussion. He's out. Jerry Jones, Jerry, Jerry Jones, <laughs> says he has a shot to play Thursday, but we should probably go ahead and proceed as though C.D. is going to miss time, uh, miss this game too. That's pretty fast to clear concussion protocol. Usually it takes about five days, and that would be exactly five days. If he started from like Sunday morning before he even played. So, right. Which is, which is what some of these NFL teams would like to do. I know. I know. You know, if Jerry can make it happen. He will, but are you concerned for Dak? Absolutely. He didn't throw a touchdown this past week against the, you know, the Kansas city chiefs when they had to pass the ball, they're pretty vulnerable defense, even though they've been better. So he should have at least gotten something done there and, and nothing. I mean, I know CD went out pretty early, so that was probably a big reason why. Michael Gallup had like 13 targets, didn't do much with them. The rest of the team struggled too. So I'm, I'm kind of concerned for everybody, Zeke, Pollard, anybody involved here. It's uh, it's not good, man. You need these guys like you, – you, I mean, these are two of the best players on the team. You need CD and Amari to divert attention, if nothing else. <laughs> and clearly you need them for production as well. You know, it can't be understated that – I know we all love CD Lamb and the youthfulness of it youthfulness of it especially because we're dynasty guys but amari cooper still the best wide receiver on that team so him not being out there uh kind of hurt and then zeke as much as we love pollard zeke is still the better running back on the team believe it or not i know he's, pollard looks electrifying but zeke is still better and he was out too so we'll see uh, i'm not too concerned but yeah it de- definitely hit me in a, uh, a couple different leagues zeke is a warrior though huh he uh he goes out almost every week little knee injury or something like that and makes it back in the game somehow. Like he's he's grinding through this season, man. He's got to be hurting. I don't think he's healthy. No, no, no. He looked pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. All right, Joe Mixon. So we don't really talk about Joe Mixon on here. I haven't had like 
any real opinion about him. Like I know he's polarizing and like the, especially on Twitter, people like either love him or hate him. And it's like, aha, I told you, but we got to say, Hey, he's having a pretty good year. He's scoring a lot of touchdowns. You know, I liked him coming out of college, but I just thought, you know, Hey man, I don't even know what I want to say. I just thought it was kind of amazing. He's scoring a lot of touchdowns and he's actually having a really good season. So yeah, I, I'll say something for you. I, <laughs> I no worries. I wrote, I actually wrote an article on him a couple of years ago. I think it was either, and in 2019 or beginning of 2020, where I was talking about Joe Mixon being a top five running back that season, obviously I got that wrong. And that was part of my, uh, my misses back when I wrote my hit miss article. But this year we're seeing him as a top five back through 11 weeks, right? He's fourth overall right now, still behind Derrick Henry. Well, that's standard. Hold on. Let me go to PPR. All right. That makes sense. He's six overall in PPR. So he's just outside the top five somehow still behind Derrick Henry overall, which is oh. ridiculous. <laughs> and Najee Harris is behind Derrick Henry still. It's amazing. Um, in overall points. He's a beast. Yeah. Either way, you know, I think this is something that a lot of us saw with Joe Mixon, the potential. Yeah. He had a couple seasons where he was injured there and couldn't get right behind a really bad offensive line, coaching change. And I think this year they finally got right. You know, the whole team is relatively healthy, not completely, but the whole team is, is much healthier. They have, you know, a more secure off- offensive line. Joe Burrow seems to be the real deal, which takes some pressure off of him. And he's obviously performing really well. So love to see it. I think this is one of those few cases where a uh, running back actually kind of breaks out. If you want to call it a breakout, which I guess we could, you know, this late in his career, you know, typically I know that Peter Howard's done some of the research where running backs, if they're going to break out, they usually do in the first year, you know? So anyways, yeah, wheels up on Mixon. I'm just thought we'd highlight him here. Yep. Huge news. Jonathan Taylor, if you played against him, I am sorry. You probably lost your matchup. Jonathan Taylor. I lost a matchup where I started him in a standard league. Oh, no. Yeah, unbelievable. Oh, wow. But, yeah, what a, a monster of a game for Jonathan Ta- uh, Jonathan Taylor. And uh, it, it was fun to watch. He was doing it through the air. He was doing it on the ground. He just looks like an absolute beast. The Dynasty RB1. Yes? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, who are you taking over him? I don't know. I mean, you, you, you could argue CMC. I mean, he's probably CMC's probably two, but with the injury concerns, I mean, JT with the youth and yeah, how dominant he's looking. He's he's awesome too. If you watch him talk, he's very humble. So that's that's a big part of it too. Like he, he can clearly, you know, put his head down and and really, I think, work on his game throughout his career. So I, I love it, man. I think he's going to be great. Absolutely, that's a big one for me because these are two of my favorite wide receivers uh, in this year's draft: Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore. Over the last like four weeks, their target uh, share has gone up increasingly. And last week, they both eclipsed over 25%. So Elijah Moore had 31.4% target share on that team and Rondell Moore 25. Now, noticeably, Elijah Moore had Joe Flacco throwing him the ball and he won't have Joe Flacco throwing him the ball this year or this coming week because he's on COVID list. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins has been out. So maybe that allowed Rondell Moore to get a few more targets. But hey, man, Will's up on these guys. I think Moore's involvement is obviously a direct result of DeAndre Hopkins missing some time and really needing, you know, some of the playmakers to get involved with, especially without Kyler Murray, you know, like a lot of the passes aren't going to go downfield as much because he's not as mobile, you know, and just obviously doesn't have the wherewithal that that Murray does uh, with Colt McCoy. Now, I don't know if we're getting Murray back. I'd assume we are though, which should help things a little bit for all involved. But yeah, man, this is awesome. I think Elijah Moore, might have leapfrogged Rondell Moore in the dynasty rankings just with his potential to be a wide receiver one slash two. 
I don't know if he's a he's a wide receiver one. I'm not sure if he is, but maybe he is. But I think he has that potential to be that, you know, that top guy. And I don't know if Rondale Moore ever will. I think he's going to be more of a complimentary piece than anything his entire career. So, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of us probably missed on Elijah Moore. Something to look back on and process this offseason when we're going over our review. I know that in uh, console wars, the one league where I have Rondell Moore, and we have three copies of these players in this league. All three copies of Elijah Moore were taken before the last copy of Rondell Moore, which I ended up with. And I tried to immediately say, hey, any Elijah Moore owners that are, you know, filling a buyer's remorse, I'm like, I'll swap you Moores right now. And I didn't get any takers. So, but it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But Moore had a good week, man. 11 for 11. Yes. That's more rondale had a pretty good week uh 11 for 11 is pretty impressive so you know just to secure all those targets yeah it is all right the next one i'm a little confused on because i thought it was tim patrick but either Cortland sutton or tim patrick got an extension right no they both did oh no i didn't even see the sutton news yeah yeah tim patrick oh, wow tim patrick got an extension they didn't say that they didn't release details on it i don't think but Cortland sutton got a four-year extension he got like 30 4 million guaranteed out of 60 million on that contract. I believe it was. And yeah, I mean, it's a big deal for him. And I don't know if this has any impact on Judy. I think Judy's pretty secure, especially with uh, what's his name there with um, Teddy Bridgewater there. But to me, I'm looking at this as, you know, they're securing skill players, elite skill players for the incoming quarterback, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or somebody else this off season. I think you're, you're probably right on track there. They're just kind of planning for the future. Do I think there's an impact on Judy? Not really. The guy's still got two years on his rookie contract. He's not going anywhere anytime soon either. So, but yeah, they're definitely planning for something big there. And I, I like that. Aaron Rodgers, that'd be sweet because I'd be AFC and I won't have to face him in the fucking playoffs anymore. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Good for them anyway. Yeah. The only thing I'll say is more of the reason I think that and why they gave him this extension is because he's not performing very well right now. So clearly that means they don't think it's him. That's the issue here, right? They're clearly thinking it's the quarterback. That's, that's why would you give a guy who's not performing over the past three weeks a you know, 30 or $60 million extension and 30 mil guaranteed. Clearly you, you see, you know, your scouting department is seeing like, Hey man, we got to change something up here behind the offensive line. So I like Teddy B too, but he, he's not getting the job done. Like he's just not. No, uh, he'd be one hell of a backup. Although, yeah, with this year's quarterbacks, we'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, we had a pretty big year last year with the quarterbacks moving around a little bit. I think it's going to see a little bit even more this year. Yeah. We're going to see the, some of the same for sure, if not more. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is moving. Russell Wilson might be moving. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of movement. Yes. All right. That's the news. A little choppy, but that's the news. So, hey, trade deadlines are coming up. Week 10, week 11, week 13. It's coming up. Hopefully your leagues don't have them, but most of them do. So we kind of want to look at some trade deadline targets. These guys are probably all going to be very acquirable, not come with a high price tag, but for various different reasons could be very useful to your team, depending on what situation your team is in. The first one I wanted to throw out there is because a the guy I would try to get in a league where I lost Derrick Henry. This is the league I talked about last week. I lost Derrick Henry. I lost Chase Edmonds, some other players. Like I had to play uh, Deonta Foreman in one of my running back spots. So I'm a little, little thin there. So I'm trying to get Miles Gaskin. I know he's not a piece for probably the future because I don't think he's really that good. But so this is the this is an offer I sent out. I had Chase Edmonds and a third 
for Gaskin to a guy who's not competing at all. God, I think he would take it in a heartbeat. Right? Because I think Edmonds has a little more years. His role is a little more secure. But I need I need points. So I was going to ship that off. Do you think I have a chance? Yeah, I think I would I would snatch that in a heartbeat. I, I wouldn't be going out to get Gaskin's per, Gaskin personally because I don't think – because I think he's so inconsistent. And if he doesn't get the targets, which he's been getting, but if he doesn't get the targets, his rushing totals are just god-awful. So – I'm not sure he is the running back I would be going out for, but yeah, you definitely have a chance with that selling uh, Chase Edmonds in the third. I mean, I don't like either of those players, you know that. I know so, you do. so, I mean, for me, it's, it's kind of whatever, but I do see the obviously longer term value with, with Edmonds, but yeah, I don't know. All right. Next one I want to talk about is one that I've been asked about in two different leagues is Leonard Fournette, you know, playoff Lenny Lombardi Lenny as if you will, I think he's a guy you can still get for like a second. I traded him away for a second in a league I'm not competing with. I think this is a guy that you absolutely could go out and get to help you secure the bag. And I don't think it will cost you too much. No, I agree. This week he had 10 carries for 35 yards. He was boosted up by six targets, six receptions. So if depending on your league type, somebody will be happier with him than, than others. But yeah, I agree. I actually was trying to send out a second form in console wars and I, I got beat down a couple weeks ago, but I think it's still possible to get him for a second plus maybe a, a back end player or something like that, that you're not using or an injured guy or something like that. But I do like that pick. I like Fournette. I think that he could be a, a league winner for you. Last one I throw on here is Cole Beasley. Everyone loves to hate him, but he's balling out again two years in a row, man. And I bet you, you still go out there and get him for a third. Maybe even less. Or maybe even less. Yeah, I mean, he's not. He hasn't performed well the past two weeks, but the Bills got to get right. Emmanuel Sanders has taken kind of a backseat, so I don't know. I'd I'd do it for a fourth for sure. Maybe if I was desperate for a receiver, I'd do it for a third, but I'd prefer the latter or the former rather. What's this next one? Oh yeah, me. I'm going for T. Higgins. T. Higgins ha- has had a tough couple weeks, honestly, and I think it's the perfect time to to go ask current manager if they want to sell him. Look, this week, two catches on three targets, three points. Had a couple of, you know, 13-point games in a row there, but definitely not what people are expecting from him. And I I think this last game here would be the perfect time to, you know, approach the manager and ask, can I get him for a little bit less than market value? Don't actually say that, but, you know, offer that. So I'm all for going after T. Higgins. I got him a couple of weeks back. I think you can get him even cheaper right now and i think he'll have a better second half of the year also yeah this next one i I love it go ahead next one for me is russell wilson i i i just think you know he's obviously had a really rough couple of weeks but especially for non-contenders we actually just mentioned it i think he can move to a different team from the seahawks and you know in the right situation he could obviously perform better we you never know how these things will work out obviously quarterbacks who transition to teams haven't always, but we've seen it in recent history work out for some of the better ones. So I would definitely, if I'm not, I'm not contending right now, I'd approach the Russell Wilson manager, maybe give them, you know, whatever quarterback you don't like that you have and upgrade, right. Or even not have to get rid of a quarterback, whatever, just get him for cheap. So I'm all about that. And I don't know if he can perform better at the end of this year. I would assume he can because he did earlier and he's coming off this injury, probably just getting healthy, but they look so discombobulated there. It's, it's tough to really gauge what they're going to do. So I can't really give a good analysis of that. I don't think. I think this is a great trade target. Not too often. I know that quarterbacks went to different teams. They try to, they tend to struggle or whatever, but not too many quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl 
in their career go to other teams. Russell Wilson is very good. He's still very good. Honestly, I just think that he needs to break up with Seattle. Sounds crazy, and I know he loves it there, but I think he would be I think he'd be just fine moving on somewhere else. And I think he will be just fine. He's still Russell Wilson. It's just a lot of stuff there. He's not happy. But I don't think his value will probably get any lower than it is now the next couple of weeks. I think he's a perfect target to uh, trade for. Yeah. This one, this next one right here might be a reach, but I'm just James Robinson. He's only had 12 carries the past couple of weeks. He has had good point totals in fantasy. This past week, he only had 12 points, so not as good as the week before, which was like 17 or somewhere in the teens, depending on your league. But I just think the way they're using him, managers might be wary of the Jacksonville stigma, and I think he's going to be just fine. He's a workhorse. He's one of the best in the league, and, and I'm all about it. So if somebody's fading him or something like that, I'd definitely be willing to. And I think that there's probably a lot of James Robinson managers that were doing better in their leagues than they probably thought they sh- than they should be, right? Because he wasn't supposed to be a starter. And there are probably a lot of James Robinson managers out there that are about to miss the playoffs. It'll make it a lot easier to get him from them with them knowing that, hey, you know, I'm not really actually going to make this push. So if you're trying to get James Robinson, I try to go out for those types of owners, the guys who are just on the outside. They'll be willing to get rid of James Robinson easy. So totally like that one. I like that one. Yep. All right. Elijah Mitchell is another one. The reason I'm giving this one is last week we saw Jeff Wilson with 19 carries. Obviously, he didn't do too much with them. But coming off of this injury, I know a lot of people don't buy into the San Francisco backfields and you know think anybody could could be utilized and maybe just think Jeff Wilson needed a week or so to get back in it. And Trey Sermon actually started looking okay at the end there. With that said, somebody might be willing to get rid of Mitchell for a little bit cheaper. And I think he's definitely the workhorse there for the rest of the year. So this one's more for contenders, I think. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I still don't really know what to think about. Maybe it's just because it's a San Francisco running back. And it's like, seems like every time you get attached to one of these guys, one of them gets hurt, somebody else gets subbed in. And it's just really hard to have a whole lot of faith in like any of them. But I'm with you there. If there's anybody who's souring on them because of the injury and then the Jeff Wilson usage and just the whole thing, and they're just kind of tired of dealing with it, you might be able to get Elijah Mitchell for you know cheap. And whoever's selling them is going to make a huge profit because he was like a fourth-round pick. So Yeah. Yeah, if you could get him for like a second straight up, that'd be amazing. You know what I yeah. mean? And I, I doubt it, but if, like I said, somebody's souring, that might be what they want because I wouldn't pay a first straight up for him ever, I don't think. But no. Nah. Um, even though I kind of probably did that in Dynasty Underdog if we break it down, but I'll, I'll break down the trade a different way to make it look better. <laughs> Wait till after the season. You never know what's going to happen, right? Right, 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 right. All right. So Juju Smith-Schuster is another one. I think you can go out and grab. Everybody's forgotten about him and contenders need points, right? So give up some points, get Juju at 24 years old or whatever he is, go into a different team next year in all likelihood. I'm willing to take that shot as a as a rebuilder. He's absolutely one of my favorite, very favorite targets. He was all last summer, and he's going to be again this year, just based on what happened this year with him, going on IR so early and all that stuff. He's so young and so talented. Everybody's forgotten about him, and you get him dirt cheap. The offers I've had for Juju have been so low ball that I'm pretty confident that I could be sending similar offers, and an owner that's not so attached as I am will probably probably get rid of him, or not get rid of him, but let him go. All right, the next one is one I saw you actually made a move. 
Dan Arnold off a zero catch game. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the reason why you can go out and get him. I uh, wanted to really quickly talk about him a bit. Yeah. One of our loyal listeners and members of our Dynasty Under Listener League, Riley, has asked me kind of to break down if Dan Arnold was open last game or not against the San Francisco 49ers or if he was just covered up because he's their quote-unquote best target in his in his eyes. So I did look into that a little bit. I haven't finished the film and also the coach's film didn't come out yet, so I need to watch more of it later. But I did uncover a couple things watching that and digging into the stats and stuff like that. So first of all, the reason why I think you can go buy him is because he's going to be uber targeted the rest of the season, right? They just lost Jamal Agnew, I believe is his first name, who obviously wasn't the biggest piece of their offense, but he was getting involved and they're going to need to use their playmakers with, you know, all these guys injured right now. So it's going to be Marvin Jones, Dan Arnold, James Robinson, and then LaVisca Chenault, I think. So that's really the four they have there. And I think he's going to get back involved. No problem. What I did find when I watched the film a little bit, there was a couple of plays. He, he was open throughout the first half. That's what I got through. There was a couple of plays where he was very, very covered by just one guy to linebacker all over his ass. And I was like, what? I was like, these guys look super athletic. Is this just like me or whatever? So then I was like, wait, let me check, you know, what they, where they rank as far as defensive points against tight ends right? Mm -hmm. They give up the fewest fantasy points in the league through 11 games to tight ends. So it's no wonder that he had such a tough game. They're clearly, they clearly specialize in this. And we know this about them. They do have linebackers who can, can really run the field, right. And stick with pass catchers. So that, I think that's one of the main things to take away from this, that it might've just been a really, really bad matchup. Okay, man. I wish I uh, had thought about that before because I'm same league with you, the dynasty underdog listener league, and I could use a, another tight end. You got him cheap. Did I, I don't know. We're going to talk so. about we that. Give him like a minutes. second, right? Or a third. I think I overpaid a little bit. I, I told him as much. So those are some targets trade deadline. I mean, there's plenty of other ones we didn't touch on and we didn't give like probably the best analysis, but these are guys off the top of my head. I'm like, Hey, they're scoring points and you can get them all pretty cheap. T Higgins is going to cost a little bit, but I, I like everyone on this list. You're totally underselling. Totally underselling that segment, man. We gave some great advice. Very <laughs> actionable. I'm feeling off. Sorry. Nah, nah, dude. I'm, I'm going to boost this up. I'm going to hold this up. That's that's BS. Don't listen to your eye right now. <laughs> I, I love that you put this in here because we did this last year. It's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving probably when this pod will come out. You guys will be listening to it, watching your football, eating your turkey, doing what you do with the family. But what are some players that we are thankful for? I'll let you start. Yeah, man. I'm thankful for James Conner for continuing to give me this victory lap that, I, that I'm allowed to take right now uh, over the Chase Edmonds truthers, including Paul Patterson, our very own at DFF. Oh, no. Yeah, calling him out. Hey, no, no way. I'm, I, I, I don't care if he's injured or not. I'm allowed to take this victory lap. You, you he was going to continue this touchdown trend, which is pretty much a touchdown every game. Yep. He has actually more than that right now, but he's go he's probably going to end the season the touchdown leader as long as he doesn't get injured and currently healthier than James uh, than uh, Chase Edmonds. Uh, what what more can you ask for, man? He's the he's the running back one for the Arizona Cardinals. You know, I'll allow it for this segment. I'll allow it. You're allowed to be happy and thankful for them. I love it. Close to yet. All right, my next one or my last one here is Mac Jones. I mean, it's it's really like if you're a Patriots fan, it's hard not to be thankful for Mac Jones. Two years removed from Tom Brady to get a guy in there who actually looks competent 
And that's, you know, that's as much as we can ask for. He looks probably better than that, but I'll take competent right now. Right. He's, he's been great for even fantasy in just spot starts. Like I think in the, in a couple of bye weeks I had, I was able to start him and he performed pretty well. So, you know, both real life and fantasy, it's just been, it's a pleasant surprise for a guy who we had a lot of questions about coming in. Very, very happy with what, what we have there. Yeah. I'm going to piggyback off that and say the same thing. I mean, I don't like to see the Patriots being successful, but with Bill Belichick, that's what you're going to get. I mean, he's going to figure it out. He's, he, you know, he's going to figure it out. He took a sixth round quarterback out of Tom Brady and maybe Tom Brady was really, really good. I've still like, I have a problem calling him to go, even though he's got like all the fucking rings. But, oh, he's <laughs> but the I, guy, I, I just think Belichick is so damn good. But yeah, man, we talked about it last week about how Mac Jones, me personally, and probably most of the community was like, hey, he's not it. He's not a first round talent. And here he is being the best rookie quarterback up to this point. So another reason I'm really thankful for him is because I was able to get him. We talked about this again last week where we all kind of faded Justin Herbert because of the situation and all those other things. And I was able to take him. I didn't even really want him, but he was still sitting there in a super flex league. I think at the 201 and I went ahead and take him, even though he's not really in my starting lineup to have other quarterbacks who are scoring more points. I do have a lot of like trade value there because he's a good starting quarterback. So I'm very thankful for him too. Next one, Jonathan Taylor. That's easy to say, but man, I the one the one league where I have him is the one where I lost Derrick Henry and all those other players, and I'm still winning games because Jonathan Taylor is so damn good. This guy is so damn good. He's single handedly helping me win leagues. It, it's insane just how how amazing he looks to be able to. The, I think I took him like the 105 two years ago, and for him to be you know in my opinion, the dynasty RB1, like, I'm just so happy for him. I'm happy that he's on my team. You got to be thankful for JT, man. And and a lot of people got him cheap. I got him in. I think we talked about this last year for sure. W- one of the trades I made in the offseason, rather, not last year, was for JT. I got him, I think, straight up for, like, the 109 in a super flex league, which ended up being Zach Wilson straight up, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that was a great trade and somebody didn't believe in JT because he had a quote unquote poor rookie season, which was actually incredible. And he finished it off by absolutely annihilating all the competition. So yeah, it's good. And the next one is one that I've talked about a lot on here and I got as much as I possibly can because he was dirt cheap all off season. And that's Darnell Mooney. Love the guy. He's the wide receiver one on that damn team. 100%. 100%. He's been great. He's a start every week, no matter what. He's been just fine. He's not like this, you know, he's not like top 10 wide receiver or anything like that, but he's solid. And the thing I'm most thankful for is that I never had to pay more than like an extra throw in to get him. Like I did, uh, I sold Robert Woods and I got a first and Darnell Mooney back. I did stuff like that all off season. I think I only have one league where I don't have Darnell Mooney because he was just so damn cheap. I'm just thankful I got him. Dude, those are great moves that you made getting him in so many places because he was such a value and 16 targets this last week. He only, yeah, I know. <laughs> he only, he only secured five of them, but I, I have to imagine most of them were, were off target technically yeah, because they have really poor QB play there for the most part, regardless of what you think of Justin Fields, just not good right now. So yeah, Mooney, he looks amazing. I, I actually got him. I, I traded T Higgins in a, which usually I wouldn't do obviously because I like I, you know players I like, but you know, I'm always for the value and this was a salary cap league and I was trying to get cheaper and younger or not cheaper and younger, but I was going to try to get cheaper and value. 
and I traded T Higgins. I forgot what for Darnell Mooney in a first, I think. And Darnell Mooney was a dollar and I put him on the taxi squad. And for weeks now, I've been, I've been saying to myself, do I need to take him off? Do I need to take him off? And this week, Amari Cooper goes down and finally, and I'm competing. I'm right at the top two teams. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm taking Mooney off, putting him in the lineup this week. And if I didn't do it, I would have lost my matchup for sure. So So you're just as thankful for him as I am. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Just as thankful this week for him as you are. And we get to watch him again on Thursday on Thanksgiving. Hey, pull it up real quick. Who's got more points on the year, T. Higgins or Darnell Mooney? I honestly don't know. Oh, it's got, it's, I I can honestly say without looking, it's, it's Darnell, but I will tell you right now. Darnell Mooney is wide receiver 30 with 124.6. And T. Higgins is 47 with 93.6. T. Higgins has played eight games. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But to 10 games. So there's two games there. So he would have probably been pretty close. They would have probably been right, right, right on top of each other, to be quite honest with you. But you got to give it to Mooney there, honestly. The, the fact that he's done this with such poor QB play and earlier on in the season, he didn't really come on, right? He, he really came on over the past couple of weeks and has been doing it with really, really boom performances, right? I know Allen Robinson is out, but still. Yeah, it really hasn't really mattered all year, has it? But still, five catches on those sixteen targets, and he and he took him for a hundred and whatever in a touchdown. Like, that's pretty big. Next one. So we wanted to talk about our Scott Fishbowl teams a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, I you know we were we've been doing pretty well. I think we're probably both sitting in the top one hundred somewhere. I I actually when I have a really bad week and I know it. I just don't even look at the, the top because <laughs> like I'm, I, I was just in like the top 30 or top 40 rather. And I think yeah. you were top 60 ish or something. So we were, we've been going back and forth really depending on our performances. So I just thought it was interesting to think about kind of what is helping us do so well. Mm-hmm. And when we were drafting in the Scott Fishbowl, because it's such a slow draft, we were looking at the live ADP at the same time and seeing where we could take advantage of the ADP, right? We were kind of, I think it was kind of both theoretical experiment and also something that we thought might actually help because, I mean, it, it, it was obviously because that was the experiment, does this help? And I think that there's some looking back at it real quick that that it did. And I don't know, this isn't something you can always do obviously, but you know, if you're doing like startups and stuff like that, you have the ADP from, you know, a while back. And these are things that you can at least work off of, I think, and try to take advantage of at different times. Um, not always the same advantage we get from the Scott Fishbowl for sure, but fun to look at nonetheless. So we'll run through this really quick. The ones that I wanted to look at for me were less than your eye. I think your eye got some slam dunks in his, uh, but we were looking, what we were looking at here is uh, the discrepancy between where we pick the players and the actual ADP to see if we got, you know, significant value if they fell or whatever. So for me, one of the guys I reached for that I think has been huge, a huge return for me, or has been giving me the return on investment has been DeAndre Swift. I took him seven and a half spots ahead of where he was going per ADP. And he has been absolutely stellar, really, really, really great running back for me and has held me up when I have lost Aaron Jones here towards the end. So that was one. So a couple where I got a little bit after their ADP, Cooper Cup is obviously one that if you got him after his ADP was a significant value. Got him seven spots after his ADP. So not not a ton, but still that was big. It helped me secure, I think, Chris Godwin and A.J. Brown, who has been obviously a disappointment, but secure some top-end talent otherwise. Last two here, Devonta Smith. I got him 27 spots. 27! 27 spots uh, behind ADP. 
for those of you who are not really, really good at math, that's a full two rounds, folks. Full two rounds. That should not be happening for <laughs> for a guy who is going to a team with a quarterback he was familiar with from college and a team that needed a wide receiver one. And as the season has progressed, he has really come on. In the past couple of weeks, he's really helped boost my, my total in this. So love that one. Uh, oh, I didn't even mark this one, but Hunter Henry. Got oh, yeah. him, I got him 17 spots after ADP, and he's been stellar. I mean, he's been touchdown dependent, but it was, a, you know, I, I think I, I, I kind of called that right. We talked about it all in the offseason, how I thought Hunter Henry would be the pass catcher and not Jonu Smith. And Jonu Smith just hasn't been able to, to do it, man. This past week, he really, man, Jonu Smith, dude. He caused that interception partly because he faded away from the ball and it was just bad, bad stuff. But anyway, last one here for me is Mac Jones. I got him 27 spots, also two rounds after his ADP. And again, in Scott Fishbowl, where quarterbacks who perform well in, in that format are the ones who are safe, who complete a lot of passes. Mac Jones has actually been pretty decent. So as a spot start, he's really helped. Yeah, I love all those. You did a really good job. Mac Jones, that one is just looking back at like, we couldn't have called that. We didn't know, but to get him two full rounds after that. And in this format where you really get penalized for just shoddy quarterback play with a safe play like Mac Jones, that's got to be really helping you out there. Yep. yep. And absolutely no shame in taking DeAndre Swift, uh, you know, half a round early. He's been paying off in spades. All right. So some of mine. So this is it's crazy. My draft started out Darren Waller, and then I took Jalen Hurts in the second. So crazy shit all around. But I, what I want to say about that before you go on is like, Go ahead. Those are two that you reached on. I think everything else you pretty, the, everything else that I was looking at that was like significantly helping you, you didn't reach on. Yeah. You actually got after ADP. Darren Waller maybe biting you in the ass a little bit here and there, but I think he he actually helped you at the beginning of the year a lot get to where you are. So no problems there. And Jalen Hurts is the number one overall QB in fantasy now. I don't know if he's that in Scott Fishbowl, but he's pretty damn close. So dude, for you to take, you took Jalen Hurts a whole round ahead of where his ADP was. That is a great call by you, man. Yeah, so I know I kind of wanted a rushing quarterback. I think there's points for first downs, I believe, in Scott Fishbowl. And then Darren Waller, I took him. If you follow on Twitter, you follow us on Twitter, you should follow this guy. Is uh, at Shane is the worst. I was in a chat with him in the one Scott Fishbowl chats, and he was like, he had the same draft position, 109. And he's like, hey, I'm going to, if Darren Waller's there, I'm going to take him. I'm like, you know, this guy's pretty smart. I was like, fuck it, I'll just take Darren Waller. And so happy I did. So I took Darren Waller, about a pick and a half earlier than he was going so i thought it was like a full round earlier when i actually took him because the adp was coming in a little slow at first turns out i was kind of right on cue there and then yeah jalen hurts a full round ahead and then also kurt cousins a full round ahead and those guys have been really really solid for me in scott fishbowl yeah the next three i took about you know three to four spots um later that's deandre swift david montgomery and chris godwin they've all been sweet for me David Montgomery's been really good. He missed a couple weeks so far this year, but every time he's been in there, he's been just dominating. So I think my biggest one here, actually these next two are pretty big. Rob Gronkowski, I took him 22 spots later. I took Rob Gronkowski in best balls all over the place this year because he was going late. Like, I mean, he had a pretty good year last year. It took him a while to get ready, but he's coming back. I'm like, there's no way he should be going in the 15th, 16th, whatever. I was like, I'm getting this guy. So I have a ton of Grobkowski. And uh, in a tight end premium league set up the way that Scott Fishbowl is, it's been great. I know he missed some time, but he was back last week and, you know, put me right back up there. I'm like sitting at 
you know, 60 on the leaderboard or something yeah. like that. So he, he had a great week this past week against the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. And he continues as long as he's, as long as he has like a healthy lung and some healthy ribs, <laughs> I, I think he's going to continue to be pretty damn good. Yeah. He's, dude, I, I think people forget this because they have Kyle Pitts on their brain and they have Travis Kelsey and, and these guys. Rob Gronkowski is the best tight end that's ever played football. That, that's what I think. He's the best tight end that's ever played football, personally. Whenever he's been on the field, he has been the most dominant player on the field and unstoppable. Defenses have had to change their game plan because of him every time, because of his, because of his blocking and because of his passing. And you can't say that about these other guys. Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts, you can't. They just aren't the same. And I, I'm telling you, he is. And when, he goes, and when we think back 30 years from now, we're going to be like, yeah, that guy was. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's like a poor man's Jason Witten. <laughs> uh, Hilarious. No, Hilarious. I, I, I'll give it to you. All right, the last one is, it, it was only smart because Chris McCaffrey got hurt, but I did get Chuba Hubbard, and I got him 23 spots later, almost two full rounds later than ADP. And listen, this is why you get Chuba Hubbard. This wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm predicting that CMC is going to get injured or anything like that. It can happen to any of these guys, but Chuba is a former 2,000-yard rusher. We know that he is a talented running back. He has elite skills as a running back, and he's actually shown them this year at times. Now, he's a rookie. He's fumbled. He's had missteps for sure. It took him a, a week or two to really get his feet under him, but once he did, he has really performed, and I think we're going to see that he is going to be a, you know, whatever, a, a pass-catching running back in this league for, for a long time, honestly. I agree. And for this year, he's been great because, of course, CMC was coming off an injury and we couldn't predict it, but you could say that there's a higher probability that he would get re-injured and that's what happened. Absolutely. That's fun to look back on that. Like, because I know, man, I remember, I mean, this is maybe, this is for the listeners too, but like when we were going through this, I remember me, you and Josh, you know, kind of talking about our strategies and how they're all playing out. We looked at the ADP and we kind of really hashed it out and, uh, yeah, we're looking pretty fucking smart right now, man. <laughs> yeah, well, look, you and I have been in the top 100 for the past couple of weeks. We've been in the top 30, I think, both of us at some point. It's It's been – we've been doing pretty well for ourselves, and I think we spend a lot of time on this, so we should, you know, and, and we don't always, but, you know, we should do well. Like, obviously, some leagues, if you drafted – if we drafted Saquon and – uh, and, and what, what other, you know, a couple quarterbacks who got injured, like, yeah, it's going to completely fail. You know what I mean? But we, what we did here is we decided we were going to look at ADP, you know, the three of us live, see where we could take advantage of it, who could do it the best. Yes. Right. And it was more yeah. of a, it was more of a competition between the three of us just having fun with it, of course. But I think some of that really helped us take advantage of, you know, some of the other managers in our leagues who are reaching for rookies reaching for all sorts of different things and it's worked out for for us i think yeah it's been been a good time cool man let's wrap it up with some trades and non-trades awesome love it so i sent this one out this didn't get done yet but it's pending out there interested in your thoughts odell beckham bobby trees who's on the ir right now with a knee injury and a second round pick in 2022 for t higgins yeah sure i i'm out on odell bobby trees he's up there uh, i do really like him I think maybe the second is kind of where I have a little bit of pause, but T Higgins is so young and he's so good and he's tied to a really good offense. They're only going to get better. You would think you're getting out on two old wide receivers. You're giving up a second, but I think you're getting uh, T Higgins probably out of value. So I do like it. I do like it. Yeah. This is, this is a, you know, obviously I think I'm, I'm winning the deal here, but 
you know, Odell and, and Robert Woods could be around for a couple more years. Yeah. And I, I'm probably giving up a little bit of value there, but I think this is the way you get to Higgins is you got to kind of give up a couple known pieces, some picks and, and go out and get them. Now I think getting him for less than a first is huge personally. Yeah. See, like, I don't think I'd give up T Higgins for Odell Bobby trees in a second. I wouldn't either. Yeah. I'm just like thinking about it. Like, I don't know if I'd want to give up Odell, Bobby trees and a second. So, so that, so it's a good, so it's a good trade. No, totally. So that's, you know, I've been trying to send more trades like that out to get them done. Cause I don't, you know, sometimes it's harder around the deadlines and later in the year to get these things done. So I don't want to like pussyfoot around it. I just want to yeah. like get it done. Yeah. I like that. So that's similar to this next trade, which got done in our dynasty underdog listener league. Shout out to Riley. Riley Jennings. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He look, honestly, I will give Riley credit. He is tough to trade with. He's a tough negotiator for sure. He holds his ground. So I'd probably been talking to him for like six weeks on different trades, but Dan Arnold was one of them that was coming up week over week. And I sent him a couple of different ones with I think Austin Hooper in a second involved and DPJ in a second involved. And finally, you know, he was like, I'm not really interested in these players. I want picks. So send me some picks. And I was like, all right, I'm going to just send you a second, a third and a fourth. I think I'm overpaying slightly. I think he's, I think Dan Arnold is worth a second. So I sent Dan, I sent a second, a third and a fourth in 2023, two years out for Dan Arnold. So I think he's worth a second. I don't think the third and fourth are that consequential, but I do think that that's giving up the value there for sure. Because Dan Arnold's 26, he probably only has this year, maybe next year left. But if they get playmakers involved and Etienne involved next year, his upside really might be capped. So this is me just trying to secure my tight end spot because I'm dealing with just Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper right now. And I want more depth and more upside. So I think I gave up the value to do it. Uh, After we made the trade, Riley said to me, he's like, he's like, I got to play hardball, but. I probably still lost that deal or something. I was like, absolutely not. Like, I really don't think he did this in my honest opinion. I was like, I think I gave up a little bit of value, but that, that's what I had to do to get the deal done. Like I didn't, I did, and you know, I also, again, this time of year, I'm not trying to shortchange people. I'm just trying to like get it done. So that's what it is right there. Yeah. When we talked about it earlier, I forgot you gave up the other picks too. Yeah. I would say you probably did overpay. This is, this is a good one for Riley, but I'm familiar with your team and I know where you're sitting in this league and uh bastard. Uh, so I think it's good for where you are and where you're at because you're sitting in first, likely going to a championship unless something crazy happens. So I think just having the extra little, little player, little player depth there for your team is probably pretty smart there, uh, Billy. So I hate it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I mean, the fact that you hate it makes me feel great yeah, about it. Yeah. So yeah, I honestly, this league is very, very difficult. These guys, have their takes and they also know values pretty well i mean riley's been listening to us for a while so he's he's got it you know he's obviously learned something and 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 he's using he's definitely using all the skills he's learned but this league also it's only tight end premium 1.5 but people really value tight ends in our league and in our dynasty under league kyle pitts was drafted first overall as far as Mm -hmm. tight ends go not first overall in the in the league but first overall in the startup And there were, you know, other, other players have hoarded tight ends. It's been very difficult for me to trade for one. And I think I desperately need one to, to compete for the the title in this league. 
And so that's what I did. I went out and got it. And uh, I have, I now I think have one fourth left over the next two years, but, <laughs> but I have CMC, AJ, Aaron Jones, James Robinson, Elijah Mitchell, Melvin Gordon, and probably some other running back. So at some point, I think I can make some of these picks back if I need to, whether I win or lose this championship. Yeah. So see what happens. All right. The last one, uh, last one we did talk about real quick. I, it's just an offer I sent out. I sent out Evan Edmonds and a third for Gaskin. I haven't heard anything back. The guy is trying to get rid of, he says it's a you know yard sale on all of his players because he's accidentally won like three weeks in a row. <laughs> he started out like, oh, and eight. That's the plan. Yeah. So I'm really hoping to kind of get Gaskins for this year because I have the best team there. I just have a lot of injuries. So pray for me. I think this is similar to the Bobby trees, T Higgins one or whatever. My first one, it's like both sides. You're like, I wouldn't want to trade for him if I did, or I wouldn't want to trade for this if I had him, you know what I mean? But that means it's a good trade and it's more dependent on what you need. So if you need points now, then you go get Gaskins or Gaskin. That's where I'm at with it. I'll put an S on that guy's name for the rest of my life. I know there's there's only one of them. There's only one. Honestly, it'd be better if there were two though. Cause then, <laughs> cause then he would actually produce some fantasy points oh, that we could use. <laughs> I know. I know. Great way to end the show. Oh, I love it. This is a great Thanksgiving episode. I'm really excited to put it out, man. All right, man. Everybody have a good night. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at dynasty underdog. Follow me at gesture FF. Follow Billy at Willie Beeman DFF. Follow his podcast at any given pod and our co-host who will be with us someday. Hopefully Josh Goldberg, AGP. Awesome. Peace out, fam.